Welcome to the second episode of our series entitled, Does Water Baptism Save? Water baptism is the means by which we identified with the Lord Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. It's a public affirmation of one's faith in Christ, a testimony of one's union to Christ. Water baptisms symbolize the death of the old self and the new life that will live in and for Christ. It's a process through which we declare that we have turned away from our sins and affirm our desire to follow our Lord Jesus Christ. Water baptisms normally follows spiritual baptism and serves to affirm the internal work of regeneration initially accomplished by the Holy Spirit. For instance, when the Lord sent Peter to preach to Cornelius and to his household, the Spirit of God came upon them as they listened to Peter, and then Peter said, Can anyone withhold water for baptism these people? We have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 10 verse 47 to 48. Like the Lord's Supper, water baptism is an ordinance given by the Lord Jesus Christ to his church. When our Lord was raised from the dead, he appeared to his disciples, and before his ascension to glory, the Lord commanded his apostles to go and spread the gospel everywhere on earth and to make disciples. He then gave them the authority to baptize those who believe his message. Thus says the Lord Almighty in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. We believers observe water baptism to proclaim our life in union with Christ the Lord and Savior. Water baptism doesn't cleanse us inwardly, nor does it save us. It is simply a testimony to our new birth and new life in Christ. Although some rituals of purification observed in the Old Testament required people to immerse themselves in water, to take a bath or to wash their feet, hands or in clothes, water baptism, as ordained by our Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament, has a different significance. Water baptism in the New Testament points directly to Christ. This new approach began with the ministry of John the Baptist. Matthew 3 verse 5 to 6 tells us that 
people came to him from Jerusalem, from the whole province of Judea, and from all the country near the river Jordan. They confessed their sins, and he baptized them in the Jordan. It's critical for us, however, to understand why John was baptizing. The Apostle Paul writes in Acts 19 verse 4, The baptism of John was for those who turned for their sins. And he told the people of Israel to believe in the one who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. John was sent ahead of Christ the Savior to prepare the way for him. There is no doubt that John himself knew that water baptism was just a public affirmation of one's repentance rather than a ritual that regenerates man. John also knew that the people he baptized needed another form of baptism from someone greater than him. For John declares in verse 11, I baptize you with water to show that you have repented, but the one who will come after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He is much greater than I am, and I am not good enough even to carry his sandals. We can infer from John's declaration the indispensableness of the baptisms by the Holy Spirit. For water baptism does not cleanse sinners of their faults. Were it not for the message it conveys, that is, public declaration of one's repentance and identification with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, water baptism would simply be what the Apostle Peter calls the washing away of bodily dirt. It does not guarantee salvation, nor does it prove it. Salvation is graciously granted by the Sovereign Lord, the only one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Through water baptisms, we tell the public that we are now followers of Christ, whereas baptism by the Holy Spirit is the proof of our salvation. Unless we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we cannot be regenerated nor can we inherit eternal life. For thus says the Lord in John 3 verse 5, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is one of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Many people misinterpret this passage. They claim that the Lord is referring here to water baptism and they infer that water baptism is a condition to salvation. The washing that brings us life is internal. It is the purification of our hearts, done by the Spirit of Christ. It's the Spirit of God who, according to His mercy, gives us a new birth and a new life in Christ by circumcising our hearts. Paul affirms this in Titus 3, verse 5 to 6, where he says, It was not because of any good deeds that we ourselves 
had done, but because of his own mercy that he saved us. Through the Holy Spirit, who gives us new birth and new life by washing us. God poured out the Holy Spirit abundantly on us through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that by His grace we might be put right with God and come into position of the eternal life we hope for. Unlike baptism with the Holy Spirit, which is done by Christ alone, water baptism is administered by the ministers of the gospel. They have received the authority to baptize from Christ, the head of the church. And so, they baptize believers in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is what the Lord has ordained His church to observe, so that those who believe can publicly profess their faith in Him. Life in the Spirit cannot be attained by water baptism. Just like our physical birth, our spiritual birth is a sovereign work of God. We contribute nothing to it. However, with the rise of false teachers who make people believe that water baptism saves, it has become very common to see people who do not have the saving faith receive this form of baptism. This implies that almost everyone can receive water baptism. But undeniably, not all will receive this form of baptism are born again. Many people receive this sacrament and subsequently deny the truth because they are not regenerate. They have never been of the truth. When you are regenerate, the spirit of truth abides in you and secures you in Christ. That is to say, if you are truly regenerated by the spirit of grace, as Apostle Paul says in Philippians 1 verse 6, he will begin a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. For all born-again Christians are secure in Christ. The Lord himself affirms this in John 10, verse 27 to 29, when he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Given the fact that water baptism is administered by men, access to it is very easy, especially nowadays. With the rise of false teachings and the proliferation of false churches across the world, Many people receive this form of baptism because they have been told that it saves. Also, even in biblical churches, when it comes to baptism of new converts, it is not possible for the ministers to tell if someone is a genuine Christian. The circumcision of the heart which is the result of baptism by the Holy Spirit, 
is a personal and invisible experience. No man can read the thoughts that are engraved in other people's hearts. This explains why someone can be a member of a church but not a born-again Christian because he does not have the Spirit of Christ in him. A person can receive water baptism and perhaps even hold a vital role in a church or show compassion towards others. But that does not make him a member of the body of Christ. For the scripture tells us, whoever does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Romans 8 verse 9. So, the fact that someone is baptized with water does not necessarily mean they originate, nor does it make them a child of God. We see this, for example, in the book of Acts with a man named Simon, who outstanded the Samaritans with his magic. Acts 8 verse 10 to 13 reads, He claimed that he was someone great and everyone in the city from all classes of society paid close attention to him. He is that power of God known as the great power, they said. They paid this attention to him because for such a long time he had astonished them with his magic. But when they believed Philip's message about the good news of the kingdom of God and about Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself also believed, and after being baptized, he stayed close to Philip and was astounded when he saw the great wonders and miracles that were being performed. When news reached Jerusalem that the people of Samaria had believed God's word, the apostles sent Peter and John. Verse 15 to 17 says, When they arrived, they prayed for the believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit had not yet come down on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 tells us that Simon saw the Spirit had been given to the believers when the apostles placed their hands on them. So he offered money to Peter and John and said, Give this power to me too, so that anyone I place my hands on will receive the Holy Spirit. It's obvious that this magician was not regenerate. Although he was baptized with water like the genuine believers, he was not born of the Spirit. He was still ruled by sin. This testified that he was not a genuine believer. His faith was not a saving faith, but a superficial one. And therefore, he was not regenerate, nor was he justified before the Holy God. And so Peter, in response to Simon's request, said to him, May you and your money go to hell, 
for thinking that you can buy God's gift with money. You have no part or share in our work because your heart is not right in God's sight. Repent then of this evil plan of yours and pray to the Lord that he will forgive you for thinking such a thing as this. For I see that you are full of bitter envy and are prisoner of sin. Verse 20 to 23. Although to publicly declare oneself a follower of Christ through water baptism without being regenerated by the Holy Spirit can be a self-dissective act, such a declaration can also be purposed to deceive the sheep. The wolves of this world, in order to conceal their identity, do not hesitate to submit to the ordinances of the church. They do all they can in order to access the sheep pen and to cause dissension and division among the sheep. As we all know, in many congregations, water baptism is a requirement for church membership. We should not then be surprised to see a number of wolves doing the things that the Lord commands his church to observe. Also, to assert that water baptism regenerates sinners it's a misinterpretation of Holy Scripture, a heresy. Regeneration is a work done by the Holy Spirit, work through which we are adopted into the family of God. And water baptism is simply a testimony to that inward transformation, to that new life in union with Christ, which only those who turn from their sins and put their faith in Christ the Savior and Lord can inherit. This is why when the people who heard Peter preach in Acts 2 and were moved by his message, when they asked Peter and the other apostles, What shall we do, brothers? Peter said to them, Each one of you must turn away from the sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins will be forgiven and you will receive God's gift, the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 verse 38 In our next episode, we're going to study the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Stay tuned.